you're affected by anything you hear on this podcast, get in touch via manblues at gmx.com or at manbluesuk on Twitter. We're not qualified to help, but we can listen. Please don't suffer in silence. Hi, I'm Leon Deggs, and this is Man Blues. On this week's show, we're talking about money problems. Well, technically not money problems as such, but more money worries. I don't want to say money problems because that suggests and conjures a completely different image, but money worries, I think, is something most people can relate to. And I say that because I have mentioned before that sometimes in my family relationship, my three-headed family, me, my wife and my son, I have often felt like I'm a wallet more than a father and husband in that I'm the person they take with them to the restaurant or to the venue or whatever because they know that I'm going to pay, usually with little complaint. And I say usually with little complaint because I don't complain about it at the time because that would be churlish. But I do sort of mention it afterwards, kind of like as an afterthought around my wife and just sort of say, you know, it's nice when we go out to all these places, but I'm always paying for everything. And I don't think it's fair that I always pay for everything. Now, the problem we have in the situation in my family at the moment is I'm the breadwinner in the family. My wife earns money, my son earns money, and I'm the one who earns the most. That's not a boast. It's just a situation. Things have been flipped on their head in the years. My wife was the chief breadwinner for some time while I was um, underpaid and undervalued. And that's not what this podcast is about. This isn't about me feeling emasculated because I couldn't afford to pay for this or couldn't afford to pay for that. And now I'm complaining about having to pay for this and that and the other. No, that's not what it's about. It's just about the fact that I worry about my money a lot more than I think I should. This isn't a boast, this isn't a brag. I have a pretty decent wage and we are comfortable in the house. You know, we've got the roof over our heads, we've got electricity flowing through the outlets and we've got gas flowing through through the radiators keeping the house warm. We've got food on the table. So essentially we shouldn't have any money worries, but I've got money worries. To the point where, again, for each podcast episode I've been making notes about things I'd like to discuss, uh, topics I'd like to approach. Uh, and then I've been doing research on those topics and then I've been pulling together some information that I think might be useful to help people who also have um, suffer from the same thing. So as I've said before, I'm making all these notes and I'm, I was trying desperately to think of things where I can, I don't want to say elicit sympathy from the listeners because that's not fair, that's not what it's about. I'm not trying to make you feel bad for me. That's not what I'm about. I was trying to think of examples of things that I've done and that I do where money becomes a thing, where I sort of, it's in the back of my head. Many years ago when I was a teenager and money was tight when I was a lot younger, whenever I had to spend a significant amount of money, I had this sort of feeling of the money draining from my arm. It was very strange, but it was very true. It's a feeling I had every single time I spent a significant amount of money. So the problem was, I would when, it, when I bought my drum kit in cash, the story I tell about me buying my drum kit is I had so many 10s and 20s in my wallet that I couldn't actually close my wallet and put it in my back pocket anymore. It was that chunky because of the number of notes 
that's the story I tell that's the fun side of that. The other fun side of me going and buying a drum kit is obviously going and buying a drum kit. I was over the moon that this drum kit was available in a local music store and I had the money to go and buy it. I went to my savings account, took the money out, forced it into my wallet, ha ha ha, jumped into my car, drove to the music store, paid for the drum kit, loaded it into the car. The bit that I never tell about that story is the way I felt extremely uncomfortable spending that kind of money on myself. Fast forward to 2022 and I was in negotiations once more with a laser eye company where I needed to have full lens replacement in my eyes. Not laser surgery and not like laser treatment but actual physical lens surgery. That lens surgery came to a frankly and pardon the pun eye-watering amount of money um, which I happened to have in my savings. I'm thinking, yeah, okay, I'll go and get this eye surgery done because it will mean I no longer need to wear glasses, it will improve my standard of living and what have you. But I felt incredibly guilty about spending that kind of money on myself. The amount of money I spent back in 1991 when I bought the drum kit and the amount of money I spent back in 2022 when I bought my new eyes were vastly different. But I had exactly the same problem and worry about spending that money and that was I didn't feel that I deserved it I didn't feel that spending that money on that thing just for me was something I could justify and it got worse this justification of spending money on myself got worse when I married and when my son was born because suddenly there were more people in my life to whom I felt that money was better given so when I go shopping for example online or wherever, if I see something I want, I have to impulse buy. I literally have to go, that's amazing, buy it now. Because if I don't buy it now, I'll tell myself, oh, maybe, maybe not, and then I won't buy it. And there's lots and lots of stories. My life is resplendent with stories like that, where I've been somewhere and thought, that's amazing, Mm, best not, walk away, leave it. And then when I've walked away and left it, I've afterwards sat down and thought, I really should have bought that. You know, I do deserve to get myself a treat, I do deserve to have something nice, and then I've convinced myself otherwise. So then I'm in a position where I didn't get what I wanted, and I feel bad about that, and I have a spiral. But equally, that downward spiral of me feeling depressed and sad about not having bought the thing I wanted is exactly the same feeling I get when I go out and buy the thing that I wanted. For example, I'm sitting at my computer desk, I'm staring at a nice little box called Focusrite. This thing cost about £110. Bought it because I was going to connect it to my computer so that I could record live instruments like guitars and microphones and record straight from my amplifier and things like that. I used it once. It's sat there and every day I switch on my computer there is a very accusing little green LED that shows the USB is connected. And that light reminds me every single time I look at it that I spent £110 on a piece of kit that I've used once. What did I buy it for? That's the sort of spiral I have. That's the kind of money worry that I have. I bought myself a left-handed guitar and immediately as soon as I bought it, after I clicked buy now on the website, I regretted it. Then the guitar turned up. I fell in love with the guitar and I was thanking my past self for having bought this guitar for my future self. And that's the situation in which I find myself all the time. But I've got a room full of things that I've got very little opportunity to use. So as soon as I'm buying it, I'm thinking, well, what? I don't know why I'm buying this. Bought it. Click buy now. Job done. Walk away from it. Future me can thank me that it's, this thing is going to arrive. And then knock, knock, knock. There's the postman. There's your new parcel. Take it upstairs. Get very excited. Try it out. 
now, six weeks later, it's on the floor behind me, unused, gathering dust. So when I impulse buy, sometimes I impulse buy something that is actually really useful and I'm quite pleased that I've done that. And other times I buy something that even months later I sort of think, I'm not really sure why I bought that. And those are my financial worries. Those are my money worries because I've got a broken relationship with money. I don't feel that I actually, um, I don't feel as though I'm actually deserving of it. I am, however, I do need to say, extremely lucky when it comes to finances and money. So I've got quite a big mortgage, but we're comfortable, it's okay, we're not struggling. But we don't really have any credit card problems, in fact I think all of my credit cards are on zero, so I can't really complain about having money worries, because I know that there are people out there that are in a far worse position than we are. So it's, I don't even feel that it's fair for me to worry about spending £110 on a piece of kit that I'm not sure I'm going to need. So I was looking for ways to try and flip this around and get a bit more positivity about my feelings towards money. Uh, I was looking at ideas for how to survive financial stress and I found this website that had some beautiful pointers that I'm just going to very quickly blast through. One of them says to stay active. So keep seeing your friends, keep your CV up to date and try to keep paying the bills. If you've got more time because you're not at work, do some form of exercise. That's really tricky because as each day grows and each day, each day passes, it can be more and more difficult to motivate yourself. But it does say here, physical activity can improve your mood if you're feeling low. You can search for exercise classes and sports clubs close to where you live. Now, that is true. Local churches are always doing something. There's usually a village hall that's got something on. Uh, another point was to face your fears. Um, for example, if you're going into debt, get advice on how to prioritise it. If you feel anxious, you may avoid talking to others. Well, as we've established now after 21 episodes on this podcast, talking is absolutely fundamental and it's key. And men just, for whatever reason, cannot do it, will not do it. Not entirely sure what it is, but men just, I don't think men talk. You know, just talk. And you'd be surprised at you know, other people who are struggling the same as you. It also goes on to say, try not to drink too much alcohol, but it's not something I have a problem with. I've got a cupboard full of single malts. I just don't touch them. I had a friend around this weekend to visit. We had one dram of whiskey, and that was it. So I'm, I don't suffer from that, personally. Again, this isn't about me sort of going, ha-ha, I can do it and you can't. It's not about that, but it's basically just little bits of advice to make sure that you don't drink too much alcohol. You try to keep on top of things, try to prevent yourself getting into these spirals, and that's why you shouldn't ever give up your daily routine. You get up at your normal time, stick to what you normally do. If you lose your routine, it can affect your eating, it can affect you, you know, you might stop cooking, you might miss breakfast, and then you can just get further and further into this dark spiral. So I was looking at, because this is about worry more than about money, potentially, I was looking at the harmful effects of worrying and what that can do, and I found this brilliant, brilliant website. I'm going to read out the top six harmful effects of worrying, but this webpage, and I'll post it in the blurb for this episode, it's from a website called Money Crashers, and it was very informative. So they say, like, um, the harmful effects of worrying are, one, it wastes time. Well, of course it does if you sat there worrying all the time. You're not getting anything done. It keeps you from enjoying life. Again, you can't see the benefits of it. And when we're out, when, we're, when I'm out there with my family and they want to go and do something, my immediate thought is, oh, more money. And I, can't, I find that I, even though I kind of grumble about having to pay or worry about having to pay or whatever it is that I go through, these, these kind of thought processes, I do enjoy things afterwards. But at the time, at the point where I'm handing my card over and paying for it, I'm feeling a little bit kind of, oof. It can keep you up at night. 
that's true. As I record this, it's uh, it's October 2022 here in the UK, and we're um, we're currently going through a bit of a cost of living crisis and an energy crisis. I genuinely hope that at some point, very soon, I can listen back to this podcast and go, "Wow, do you remember the energy crisis? Thank goodness that's over." But that doesn't stop me worrying about my wife having a penchant for having the windows open in the bedroom so we've got a nice breeze in there and the room isn't too hot whilst at the same time having the heating switched on and the heat just pouring straight out the window that worries me that keeps me awake at night another point is that it makes you unhealthy which of course it does because the spiraling worry can do that to you without any doubt at all it can put a strain on your relationships i've literally just finished breathing in after explaining about my wife leaving windows open and stuff that definitely we have talked about it and I end up every winter becoming this horrible grump in the house because I'm just like, shut the door, keep the heat in, and I'm just a grumpy sod. And of course it can lead to behavioural issues. It can affect behaviour as well as um, have sustaining, uh, long-lasting effect, and all of which can spiral out of control. So essentially, the upshot of all of this is, and for me it's genuinely been an eye-opener, I didn't realise that at the end of most of the podcast episodes I would get to the same conclusion, which is reach out for help and talk to people men don't talk and men really should talk so i'm leon deggs and i'm a little bit worried about money but i'm working hard to do something about it thanks for listening